Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Murderboard Podcast. My name is Walter. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murderboard Podcast. Tonight, I am here with Jeanette, Solo. Yo, what's up, guys? Shelton. Hello. And Hector. Hi. And tonight, we are pretty much concluding our stint into J-Horror with Ringu slash The Ring from 2002. So if you haven't seen these two movies, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, well, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Uh, we're going to dive right in. But before we do that, uh, this uh, show and this movie is sponsored by the word conundrum because they say it way too many times in this movie. <laughs> what does it even mean? The actual definition or what it means in the movie? Well, oh. conundrum means an intricate and difficult problem what it means for the movie is the same thing it's just you know it's a videotape of which you only have seven days to live unless you pass it to someone else so thus the conundrum do you save yourself and doom more people or do you sacrifice yourself which obviously they picked the, the former anyway uh, so yeah, we've been doing, uh, we've done pretty much the two most popular J-horror movies, and they're they're very impactful. And like I said, I'm not, I don't really have a big old topic for the beginning here, so we're gonna dive right into the whole Ringu thing. Uh, my first question for you guys is, did you got, did you watch the original Japanese film? No, no. Oh. <laughs> All right, good, because I don't recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> All the kids are like, uh, yeah, we did the assignment. <laughs> yeah, of course we watched it. I remember seeing little scenes of it, and I remember, like, seeing a couple of the manga here. Um, and it was also, like, the comic book itself, or the comic book, the manga itself, is in a lot of, like, serial killer murder cases in Japan. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, Honestly, I mean, I watched it. I thought it was all over the place. I didn't like it. I don't really recommend it. It's I could see why it was so famous, but though know, the iconic and famous parts of that movie is all within the last like ten to fifteen minutes of the movie. And you know, my rule: if the best parts of the movie are at the end, then it sucks. Um, yeah, I think the idea is fine, but I didn't like the the Japanese movie. Did I like this movie? We're going to find out. But um, as far as Ringu goes, or just Ring in English, which really confused me, uh, I didn't know it was based on a, on a novel, and it has a whole book series. I think it's a trilogy. And uh, much like Juwan, there are multiple Japanese movies. There are eight Japanese films, and they all kind of occupy two different timelines. Uh, the films, they split into two timelines. You have the, the book adaptations and you have the original films, which are just as they sound. I, I, don't, I don't know too much. Honestly, I didn't look that much into it. But like Ring slash Ringu, 1998, the year where most of us were born. And then the sequel after, or the movie after that that starts that book timeline is called Risen or Rison. And then they rebooted it with another sequel called Spiral from 1998, the same year. And then they have Ring 2, which is the end of the original movie timeline. And then they have Ring O or Ring Zero dot birthday or colon birthday, which is a prequel to the first movie. And it just gets really weird. Um, but these films, uh, 
delved deep into a uniquely different mythos surrounding Sadaku Yamayoria. Uh, forgive me if I do these names incorrectly. But her and her cursed videotape, these changes led to the franchise to have a cult status, both domestically and internationally popular, popularizing the Japanese horror genre as a whole in the and the, uh, the stringy black-haired Yurei trope, or Yurei trope, which is the ghost in Japan, what we've been talking about. Uh, they later go on to have more movies, which is just Sadako 3D in 2012, Sadako 3D 2 in 2013, and then Sadako in 2019, which is a continuation of that ended original movie timeline. There's also TV shows, which is weird in, it, in and of itself. Uh, there was Ring Kazaban, which is from 1995. Uh, that was a home, a home release, I believe. And then there was Ring Final Chapter from 1999. That's eight. It was 12 episodes of uh, kind of like a mini series, but it was loosely based on the first one. It's not connected to anything. Then there's Risen, the sequel, uh, which is a uh, a series that uh, has 13 episodes. And then we have the crossover. And that's uh, Sadako versus Kayako, or the Juan from the, the Grudge series. Uh, that was in 2016. It's not canon, though. And then, like Jeanette was saying, there are mangas of the series, several of them based on the movies. And then we have the remakes. We have uh, Korea did a remake called The Ring Virus from 1999. They were really busy in the 90s with these, uh, in, with these Japanese movies. Then there's The Ring that we're going to talk about from 2002. Then that has a sequel from 2005. Then there's a, a short film from 2005 that's also connected somehow. And then there's Rings in 2017. I looked it up. That movie looked like it sucked. It was like good because of the story and the background story that they did. But how they like executed it all comes kind of frustrating. Before I pass it to you guys, my I'm just going to like state my overall thoughts on Ringu as much as I've seen. Like I said, I watched that first movie. wasn't very impressed with it. Even though I could see why it it kind of began the whole Japanese horror boom in the uh, late '90s and early aughts, but uh, for me, Juwan just works better. It's more cohesive, even though that is a a series entirely of like um of just like mixed stories, but it all relates back to one thing. Ringu just seems to be all over the place with their storytelling and their their villain. I guess if Juwan is Freddy. Ring would pretty much be like Friday the Thirteenth with Jason, and how that just keeps rebooting, and it doesn't necessarily get better with time. While I think Freddy did get better over time, but uh, Ringu for me, it was like uh, it's the concept is cool. It's it's creepy. It's uh, for me, it's when a stranger calls meets Candyman in Japan. Uh, surprising. I was surprised at how normal it felt, but it was just uh, kind of mundane. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, the last 10 minutes of the movie is the scary part, but I don't recommend it. But um, how does that sound to you guys? What do you think about this Ringu series compared to the Juwan series that we talked about last time? I really feel like the Juwan series, like, executed everything pretty well. I can see how, like, what, what more can you really go with, like, the Ring backstory and everything besides, like... Where is she from? Why is she the way she is? Like, there isn't really more that you can feed on. Like, okay, you can watch somebody else get killed, and then somebody else. Like, what all? What all could you reveal? Yeah, 
There's no action in these movies, per se. I hate action, but it looks like it needed something. I mean, like not like action, like you no know, running and, and stuff. But you know, like in in the Grudge, even the remake, you got Kayako moving place to place. You got Toshio following people. You got, you know, meowing and stuff. All Sadako seems to do is let the tape do all the work and then wait on her ass for seven days. And then when she does finally arrive, it's just people staring off into space. Yeah, yeah. and it's all like you can't like both of them. You can't fight off and avoid. Like, that's one thing about Japanese, um, like, stories and movies and stuff like that that they always have. Like, your fate is sealed no matter what you do. I was going to say, when I was younger, I slick didn't even know there was a difference between the Juwan and, like, the Ring series. I thought they were the same thing. Yeah, I don't think you're the they minority on that. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're the yeah. only one. They're both executed pretty well. They're gonna do Grudge <laughs> Ring. Oh, they should do that. That would be Grudge V Ring. Well, probably wouldn't that. be good, but well, well you know. There is one. Yeah, it's Sadako versus Kayako. Well, there you go. I'm I might watch it. I might watch, watch it just to see. It came out in twenty sixteen. Add it to the roster. <laughs> All right, so uh let's go ahead and go on break and then we'll be back with some official movie facts on the Ring from 2002。小学生の男の子がさ、家族で伊豆のペンションに泊まったんだって。でもあっちって東京で some quick facts on the ring so it was released october 18 2002 directed by gore verbinski um if you don't know that director he did um some of the parts of the karen movies that's where i know him mostly from 
Um, the screenplay is by Aaron Kruger, the writer or the the replacement writer for uh, Scream Three. Uh, the replacement writer from Scream Three. Me and Roderick talked about that on that episode. Uh, Ring is based on the book Ring, based on the Japanese film of the same name. Uh, the film stars Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson, David Dorfman, Jane Alexander, Brian Cox. Uh, the plot goes as such: a videotape filled with nightmarish images leads to a phone call foretelling the viewer's death in exactly seven days. Newspaper reporter Rachel Rachel Keller is skeptical of the story until four teenagers all die mysteriously exactly one week after watching such a tape, allowing her investigative curiosity to get the better of her. Rachel Chack tracks down the video and watches it. Now she has just seven days to unravel the mystery. The budget for the film was $249.4 million. Wow. And yeah, big hit here. Uh, the Ring paved the way for the English language remakes of Asian horror films, J-horror such as The Grudge, Dark Water, One Missed Call, and The Eye, among many others. Uh, and yet they haven't remade Audition, which I find really interesting. Uh, this is the high, or uh, at the time, or really as of, I think as of now, it was the highest grossing horror movie remake in history worldwide until 2017's It. That is what beat it. And I find wow. that, that is a, uh, well-deserved, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprised. What's on the So we're back, and here let, let's talk about the ring. Uh, you know, like we usually start off going around the room here. What, what did you guys think about the, the American remake of the ring? It was mediocre going back around. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, the first time I watched it, definitely a lot better. I was definitely a lot younger, uh, a lot more impressionable. Um, I would, I would still, you know, still iconic, still very important to the culture, but um, it, it's definitely not timeless either. I would say, um, very early two thousands era, two, early two thousand America type of vibe, Bush administration vibe, 
mm-hmm. um, 9-11 vibe for sure as well. Oh, my God. Um, just, you know, the overall, like, blondness of the movie. Very, <laughs> very American. Um, but, you know, I will give its credits. You know, I'll, I'll give cred where it's due and it's due its cred, you know. That's what I think of the movie. All right. Very, very inspired answer there. Man, I really hate Spade because... Yeah, it's definitely not the same as I remember for sure. Um, It had its moments, and the moments were great when they came, but everywhere between that was pretty mediocre and slow. If I had watched this movie or, like, I never really sat down and fully watched the movie, I'd seen a lot of, like, pretty much majority of the movie, but... I remember all the iconic parts, and seeing them again, it's, it's very reminiscent, and anything else in between kind of just falls flat from what it used to be. But definitely, the movie's just not timeless, and you can definitely see its age. I think it's better than the Japanese version, and that's really rare to say, though. Like, I've seen clips and stuff, and of course, it's like one of those things where you have to, like, if you see rain, you always mm-hmm. gonna see the original part of it, and it's better with that. But the movie could be a lot better, and I would want to say, oh, they should make a new one. But that 2015 kind of ruined my uh, expectation for Rain and like the Rain American franchise. Now, if they came out with another Ring or kind of like part of it and just call it Samara, and it's mostly like kind of based off of her, then they could probably have a small chance of like reviving the franchise. Interesting thought. Overall, I I did like this movie. I think it's I I like uh like how green it was. I like the direction of this movie. I think the director did a good job. I think the acting did a good job. I do think it was a little bit slow, especially in the first half, but it it be well enough invested into the the mystery and investigation to where it held my attention um i do think it is way better than the original japanese movie that movie just kind of slogs for me it just kind of drags in the middle up until the very end here they actually do something with characters they flesh them out uh they they do something they do something's different here and there um i like i find it interesting that it's more americanized and it does fit a more like urban legend Candyman type of like it's the same setup as Candyman and I go that's from the like original but here they really like went for it but uh, instead of being race based it's more just like child abuse um I I think the weakest part of this movie is Samara because not only does she not do as much but you know, at some point you get into this whole like the psychic power. The little kid was creepier than Samara. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I was, yeah, that's exactly a thought I had because she doesn't really do much other than like, you know, be evil. And for me, that's, I mean, we can probably exp- uh, expound, expound, is that a word? We can probably go in on that a little bit more a little later, but like just the, I like the vibe. I think this movie has a really nice vibe to it. It had more of a vibe than the original movie. It kind of is less of a vibe than the the grudge, but it was it was okay. I I liked it. I was I was able to be entertained and my focus was kept on it. I, I never drifted out. And for me that did well enough. And I'm guessing the parts that you guys are calling a little bit slow and not as 
uh, timely is most of the investigation stuff in the in the middle half. Yeah, it wasn't as exciting to watch it. See, I thought it was. Well, it's like, I feel like it could have been more thrilling that way. Like, I usually hate movies that string the investigation on and on. But, like, this one was, like, pulling it all the way. Like, small scenes here and it's like, I don't know. I liked it. I I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, And then again, I like, like, detective stories. Here we have a journalist who's looking into this, which is, again straight out of the original um and I, I thought it worked i like i like the fact that it was more focused on figuring out what's going on rather than like you know waiting to see what happens next um i like i don't know everything kind of felt more proactive this time around up until we get to start and up until we start getting answers like i feel the same way i felt with like silent hill but you know silent hill has it reaches a point where it just like stops being a movie here it, it felt cohesive enough to where i was able to pay attention and really get stuff out of it like i said at the top of the show this movie's about uh conundrums and how do our how do we get out of a conundrum do we save ourselves you know that whole morality debate or or debating on morality about our mortality and i found out in i found that interesting as well as just like just some like great little easter eggs in here and by that i mean like not like movie easter eggs but just like of the time it, it does scream 2000 but it's a different vibe from 2000 like you know in the grudge we were in tokyo but it felt 2000s like filmmaking wise here we just have like a lot of faces that would have been popular around that time like naomi watts pretty woman pretty white woman i i liked her she did good i think she's really good in the especially in the last act and I don't know. I just made this movie just kind of felt really, really cool to me. I don't have too much to say. It was just, it was, I felt like it was a good movie. Uh, if there's, if there's one thing I can really praise is that there was only one turtleneck in this movie and I was so happy. And it was at the very end. I could say a lot more about this movie because, like, when I was younger, I liked this movie a lot more. But I guess watching newer scary movies and, like, all these other small factors to it. It's not as exciting as it used to when I was younger. Like, I can see that. It doesn't get the blood pumping like I would think good, does. It's a good movie, but it's it's from its time, you know. So yeah. it's a good movie for that time period. It's not like I mean, this is what two thousand two. We were this is this is this is where Hollywood was. Four, was like, four five, yeah. Oh, this is two thousand two. Yeah. This is, yeah. Well, but also like. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't. I could. Could it? Could that movie have its the same success it had then? Now? Oh, absolutely not. This movie's about a fucking videotape. Like, <laughs> no one. And they tried to update it, and that. I mean, I, they, they, yeah, by putting it through emails and stuff like that. But one just, thing I do appreciate in the new film, the 2015 one, is that they put more in detail how you can survive, like an encounter with the tape. It's that you just have to keep passing it on and on. When I was younger, I didn't understand the ending until right now. Yeah, it took me a couple of YouTube videos to understand what the hell Samara was doing in this in this movie. It's just, and I don't like the answer at all. I don't. It's one of those things like me and Sheldon kind of rub it up get ah, Me and Sheldon kind of like disagree a lot on where it's just like, this is it, this is it, and that's it's scary because it's this simple and un- and you don't know it. And for me, I'm asking no. 
tell me why this happened and why is she this way? And here it's just like, oh, she's evil for evil's sake, even after, even before we threw her down a well. And I'm like, okay, first she was a baby, so I don't understand how or why. I know there's sequels that go in into like backstories and stuff. I don't care because it doesn't work for this movie. That's for the sequel. And this movie doesn't explain that. And does it work for this movie not explaining it? For me, no, because they gave us a really weird explanation of she's evil for evil's sake. And I was expecting something more well, I mean, you know, realistic. When it comes to people, too, you got to understand there's always that argument of nature versus nurture in which one really takes over more in certain circumstances. So with, with the with the why... If it, if what she was doing wasn't so wide scale and insane, then it wouldn't matter for a while. But this kind of a lot to do for no reason. So we need some sort of reasoning behind it. Yeah, but it could have. I would have preferred them going into more of who Samara was rather than she has. I don't know why the hell she has supernatural abilities they to begin with. Next, like whatever they had. I feel like you should have come up with something different. Other than she was born this way and she just hates people. People <laughs> like in rings or whatever the hell it's called. It was pretty good. Like it explained even on the small stuff, like how her dad was like a rapist priest or whatever who had them buried underground with him and his mom. And yeah. like, but like the fact that even with the rings film that came out. It still was like, here's five minutes of actually who Samara is, and here's us just sending emails to people so we can survive. Here's my thing, and I know we're like just jumping all over a place. This is more towards like going into the end here, but like my thing is, if you introduce a psychiatrist halfway through your movie, give me a psychological answer because we have this whole we have like a whole like monologue from the psychiatrist when Rachel goes and visits her. It's like, do you know who uh, Samara Morgan was? And she's like, well, of course I did. I was the one that treated the bitch. She was crazy, and so was her mom. And I was like, okay, go into it. Nope, here's a horse jumping off a boat, which is a cool scene, actually. Nothing that happens before, but you get my point here. Like, here they end up going, or I guess, like, through various flashbacks. It's one thing I don't necessarily like about this movie is that, you know, if you need an answer... Naomi and Watts is going to stare at the ground and have a flashback real quick of what happened like earlier in the movie. And that's kind of like the whole entire end. And I was like, this is very confusing, especially when they don't even give rules to what this whole videotape thing does or why or how to get rid of it. Which, again, if you want to go pure Japanese, then, yeah, make them not be able to get out of it or make them have to like, I mean, they kind of do that. But then again, it's, it, feels, it feels like very it feels too ambiguous. And I feel like that's more of a cop out rather than like an ending. That makes sense. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying like, oh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, I feel like they took shortcuts to it. Like they prioritized the wrong things. Like if they were time, I guess, smarter, the film could have been a lot better. Like invested a lot more time in this instead of like her and her crazy ass kid. Yeah, I think uh, just kind of getting into some things I did like about this movie and just some like key things that I pointed out when watching it. 
and I, I wonder if you guys would relate to it or not, or just like saw it too. But I, I like I said, I like the dirt. I don't, I, I'm familiar with this director. I never really like looked into him, like studied him or whatever. But I like the way this movie is directed. I think it's directed very well. And like I said, it has a certain vibe to it that I, I can groove with. I like the investigative nature. But uh, just some like things that really put it that like jumped out to me. Number one, like Sheldon, or not Sheldon, but like uh, number one, the opening. The opening is great. The opening it gave me scream vibes while also kind of Black Christmas vibes, and I, I like the I like the opening of the two girls and you know they're joking around, but one of them actually watched the tape a week ago and now here's her death. I just wish we would have saw the death, but she's in a closet somewhere. Uh, what do you guys think about the opening here? The opening was good. I the think opening. had me yeah. on edge. A lot of yeah. suspense. Yeah, I like the suspenseful nature. Again, it reminded me a lot of Scream. Katie, she dies, and then we meet our main character, and who's related to Katie. I guess they're like she's an aunt, and because uh, the little yeah. boy is a cousin. Um, yeah. What y'all think of Aiden? Because for me, it was like, okay, yeah, it's the mid two thousands. We have to have a creepy kid in a movie. I hate I hated the kid. I think he was the worst part of the movie, personally. Yeah, yeah. the scariest thing about the goddamn movie. That <laughs> motherfucker was terrifying. His voice, terrifying. His face, terrifying. Looked like he was 40 years old, but yet he looked like a five-year-old. What else? I felt like they caught... scary movie from his perspective. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot better if they did it from him. Because it's like, if they did it from his actual fear, like a lot of films do now, it's yeah. like, it's a lot scarier because it's from a kid's perspective. Versus from an adult's perspective, you didn't really even see much. That kid does not look like Just he was a friend of it. Well, he maybe actually. <laughs> that kid was terrifying, man. And he didn't even call her mom or anything. He just called her, like, Karen. Rachel. Or Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Just because after Rachel. I don't know how that thing goes. Did but I uh, enjoy the zero out of five stars on Yelp. He was <laughs> spooky. I liked him. Well, I guess he served his purpose. Five out of five stars. Did he? Because he does nothing in this entire movie. He, well, he made the movie scary. scarier. <laughs> he yeah, just kind of colors. You see him on the screen and you're a little creeped out. That's all he has is spoop value. I guess so. I I, I liked him, but uh, I don't know. He was just weird. Like, you know, it's for me, it was just like a normal like trope. And, you know, it's the, again, it's the mid-aughts. We have to have a creepy kid doing something in this movie to like insinuate the fact that, hey, it's a horror movie. Ooh. He's going to color what's going to happen in the future. And then he like, clearly this kid's had, clearly, clearly this kid has like all the answers, but he gives no one any help whatsoever. Like, is he psychic? Was he psychic or something? Because he just happened to know a lot of things and just like didn't really like impact the plot too much. Like, he, I don't know. He's at the funeral and he like sees, he Did sees the like, steps. What's her friend's name? Katie or Becca? Katie or... was the one that died. Becca was the one that grew a fear of TV. Uh-huh. But anyways, if they did a couple scenes of her and they're going crazy too, that would have been cool too. Yeah. You know, imagine being scared of TV. Like, that would have been a, that's but, a cool concept yeah. in, in and of itself. Like, it's like, you can see the difference when you watch Ring, which was like a big, quote-unquote, horror movie, scary movie thing back then. Versus, like, a basic scary movie now that they had that we were like, oh, that's not even scary, like The Conjuring. <laughs> the Conjuring is way more scarier than um, The Ring. 
Definitely. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's, it was a cool thing that we got to watch the movie again so we can see the difference in the film and how people, like, I guess, progress and how, like... How we tell horror stories. Yeah. Going back to the kid, I, I did recognize the actor. I know, like, Hector said he looks 40. But uh, after this movie, he was in another popular remake that kind of jump-started the, the next era of movies within this time. But he, he was the, the little kid in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2003. Uh, have you guys ever seen that one? I know Sheldon saw the original. Have you ever seen the remake? Nope. No. I hope we do it someday because it's actually pretty good. But yeah, there's, he's a little kid running around there in that movie uh, for reasons I don't remember, but he's there uh, as little, like, I think, I don't, uh, this doesn't happen in a movie, but I don't know for some reason I remember him just jumping on top of like Leatherface's like uh, shoulder and just kind of riding there while he chases the girl with the chainsaw. But uh, yeah, I, creepy kid. Uh, this whole funeral scene though had me dying on the floor because it's like right before it starts or right when it's starting, there's like people gossiping, which is like how fucked up is it to gossip at a whole funeral? Like the two old ladies was like, it's a closed casket. And oh, what happened to her? Oh, drugs. Teenagers and their drugs. And it's like, <laughs> that's so bitchy. Like, why would you do that? But everybody suspects that <laughs> she died from drugs. Uh, the dad gets a pretty sad scene, though. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Becca's in the hospital. Another thing that jumped out to me was uh, there's a scene where she finds out about the tape. And that's where she's smoking outside with a bunch of teenagers in the backyard. And the boy she's talking to... There's another actor I recognize, uh, Adam Brody. I love Adam Brody. Recently, um, I watched like a couple episodes of The OC for the first time. He's in that show. Uh, his whole thing is that he's basically like Dylan O'Brien before Dylan O'Brien was a thing. It's basically his whole character as or whole personality. But uh, yeah, I saw him in The OC. He also has a really funny scene in Scream 4. And he's also uh, in Jennifer's Body as like the... Uh, I think he's the he's the guy that puts the demon inside of Megan Fox. Oh, but, he's a bad Yeah, like he's he's the dude that he like gets rich and then you see him come back at the end. But uh, yeah, uh, nice to see Adam Brody was here in a little small part. But uh, like I said, I think this is a great mystery movie. It's a great investigative movie. Kind of gave me Zodiac vibes, which a movie I respect but not too fond of. But you know, it gave me like really nice detective vibes, and I like seeing. I don't know. I I guess it can be boring, but I just have. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool if you can make people looking at pages and pages of words and pictures interesting. And I feel like this movie does that very well. You know, there's people reading. Like you know, Seven is another movie I go to. It's a mystery, but there are countless scenes of Morgan Freeman just in the library going, "Now, what does this mean?" I found it pretty cool. But uh so yeah, she ends up watching the tape. Uh what do we think about this actual tape? Does the tape hold up as being creepy or is it just like random images? Or do you just think immediately think of uh scary movie three? <laughs> yeah. Cause I immediately think of scary movie three. Like right when the tape started, I'm expecting like uh Queen Latifah to start like beating up the chick in the mirror. I did too. <laughs> I saw that movie scary movie was more impactful to me than like this, like, ring by itself. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The tape always, like, unnerves me, though. 
I feel like the images Something. don't unnerve. I didn't need to stop like it. They should have deconstructed the video a lot more. Like this is from this scene. This I mean, they yeah. do a good job, but it like with the with the new ring. What the thing I liked about them is that they kept adding more stuff to the video, like small stuff to have relevance to the person who were watching them. Weird, but okay. Sheldon, what were you saying? I didn't mean to talk over you. It's just the the tape is weird. It's just so it's weird in a creepy way. Like, why is it like that? I for me, it was less the images and more of just like the sound that came like afterwards, or I guess during it. But like, the sounds the scarier part, honestly. Yeah, it just like it's just this high ringing. Uh, that was just like okay. Oh, oh I guess there's so many like. I started the movie going like, oh, so what exactly is the ring? And I always thought it was just like the the well opening up. But then it's like there's the high ringing. There's the phone ringing. People are seeing rings everywhere every time they like drink something. Like I, I laughed. I laughed out loud at the end when dude picks up his coffee and it's the ring on the newspaper. And then the TV comes on. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, so did I. I was like, huh, it's a ring. <laughs> Oh, uh, like again, it's like I like the direction, but that was just like too on the nose. Like there's there's multiple just like calling out of rings. They did it. Movie. It's there. The name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It is. You said it. Um, speaking of the the guy at the end, enter Noah, or AKA he's revealed later to be Aiden's dad. What do we think of Noah here? Because. I'm not gonna lie. I I thought of Shelton the entire time, just how skeptical he was about everything that was happening, up until he like started seeing his face distorted in the like the store. I felt like they just raised their dicks over every storyline possible with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they they, they could have either gotten more into the relationship of Noah, Rachel, and Aiden, but they are just like, oh, at the end, we're all family. And we're gonna be a family together. Oh, but look, guess what? Um, family's trying to die apart right when you try to put it together. Like, I don't know what they were doing with it. Yeah. Like it's for like when we were watching Silent Hill, when they were just grazing across everything, it was making me more interested of the possible storylines that could have been there. But with Ring and they're just grazing across everything. I was like, eh, I could care less about the kid or like the parents' relationship or any of that stuff because it didn't go too much into depth with it that they were like, oh, guess what? You see this? We can get you another storyline about this. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, for me, Rachel and Noah together were pretty cool. I, I like their dynamic. They gave, they gave me uh, Betty and Jughead vibes from Riverdale. So that's why I really enjoyed them just investigating together. Um, I honestly, you know, I just thought about this, but like, if you, I didn't think this, I don't think this movie can be remade or rebooted. It just doesn't seem to work. It's too of its time. It's again, it's a, it's a goddamn videotape. But, but if you do want to retool this movie, and I feel like this could work, you do go hereditary with it and just have it be a family drama, and then poop. There, this, there's this tape, and now you have the conundrum: do we save ourselves or pass it on? Who do we pass it on? Maybe give them a next door neighbor with a family and just kind of have a parallel between the two families. Like, I think that's a good way to do it. That's a good way to reintroduce the ring. I think that would be a lot more exciting. 
add more drama. You know, like Juwan and the Grudge, it was a whole scandal. She she may or may not have cheated. She did cheat. She had a baby. Dude got pissed off and killed her. And thus she's getting revenge by killing everyone that stepped in the house. This movie does feel like it needs some drama. I don't think the stuff with Samara holds up very well. Again, she's this psychic, which is a really cool power, honestly. And every time, and I don't really rub up against too many like superpowered beings. I mean, I do. I did in Silent Hill. If you do it right, I won't have any questions or really like I'll go with it. Uh, they do it all the time in a nightmare. Uh, yeah, in a nightmare in Elm Street. In those later movies, they do it all the time. Someone has an ability, like, but like if you uh, if you insert a uh, a movie character with an ability, use, and you give them this whole backstory. I'm expecting Charles Xavier just to wheel in and take them away, and poof, movie's over. You saved everyone. This all this chick needed was Charles Xavier or even Magneto because she has a pretty cool power of just like telepathically burning images in, into people's minds like that's that's cool terrifying but it's cool yeah that yeah anyway this I, i'm not gonna go too deeper into this movie like i said i like the investigative aspect they gave me like red dragon vibes which i love red, red dragon um another thing that made me laugh is that um <laughs> she copied the tape and then she had her ex-husband or baby daddy look at it and then they get this intimate moment of them just like looking at the tape and investigating and then poof comes in his quote-unquote assistant and i was like of course her name is beth her and i was like i put in my notes beth the ass assistant because obviously they're banging and i thought yeah. that was pretty funny <laughs> so how you gonna say introduce her as your assistant and then she kisses your cheek yeah it was it was pretty fun i also thought about the song you know uh, Beth, I'm not gonna sing it. But there's a song called Beth, and I was thinking about it whenever she showed up. Oh, uh, there seems to be an underlining, uh, like motif of bad luck in this movie. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, at one point, she goes to a ladder and just like tries to climb it, and then some guy's like, "Oh, don't touch that. That's bad luck." And then it happens again when she goes to, like the video, the cabins. They talk about luck somewhere, and it's just like it's just all this like talk about luck. And I don't know why. It doesn't necessarily have a purpose other than, like, obviously she's unlucky. Yeah, this movie was low-key boring. Like, there isn't really much to talk about it. Like, it wasn't as moving in the... I, I can't lie. It did do a lot back then in 2000 and help with J4. And it was one of the first films I ever watched when I was little. Um, oh, my dad accidentally leave the TV on. It's just like the first film I ever watched. I'm like, whoa. I had nightmares about it. <laughs> but it wasn't as, like, motivating and, I don't know. Like, there wasn't any spe- anything spectacular. Like, the line beforehand, we had Grudge and Silent Hill. Like, if you would have done this one first, I'd be like, okay, we probably have more positive stuff to talk about. But now we don't have much to talk about. At all with the, these two, with, with this film, because the other ones was a lot more impactful. We had a lot more shit to talk with the other ones. I mean, yes, the, the Ring <clears throat> podcasts, or even you know, I guess back then it'd be a small radio show about the introduction of the Ring to American culture. It'd probably be a lot 
a lot better. But now, you know, it's been introduced, it's been developed. We've had, we've you know, there are advancements. Yeah. Um, but you know, it holds its place, you know. I still hold it dearly in in my heart as, you know, like one of those early introductory movies in my childhood. Um, do I ever go back and watch it for because it has rewatchability value? No. No. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't think because that's one of the things I love in some stuff is um, rewatchability. This movie does not have that. If you haven't watched it, watch it. But then you'll be like, all right, I'm not watching this again. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good movie. Just. Uh, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. I, you I, know, I, what know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but he's putting down. Yeah, you picking up, you picking up my two cents. I'll make it three. Mm, we'll, we'll make it four, <laughs> just in case. Feeling a little bit generous. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I, this movie is probably. I don't know. We, we, we ragged a lot. On uh, and we were pretty divided when it came to Silent Hill, and I thought Silent Hill was just okay. I would yeah, say, yeah, it seems like you like this movie better than I Silent like this Hill. movie a lot better for for different reasons. Wow, I think this wow. movie is way. This movie is this particular no. movie is way better than Silent oh, Hill. I'm sorry, but you're just wrong. <laughs> I think it's better than Silent Hill because it's just better made. It's better directed. I can I can follow it, and. It's, mm-hmm. It's it doesn't completely shit the last couple of like minutes like that one does. It, it seems biased. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, I honestly the best movie out of these three is The Grudge because it was the most like I think The Grudge lingers more. It has a more creep factor. Like, here's a question I always ask: Is this movie scary? Do y'all did y'all find the ring scary at all? Because I didn't. I just thought it was. Well, really I mean, cool. I mean, it depends what. Which me you're asking? If you're asking present day, right in the moment, now me? Yeah. No, I have. Well, I didn't find. I'm asking many you of these now. movies scary. You know, if you're asking me when I first watched it, then yeah, I found it scary as fuck. This is my first time watching it, and I didn't. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well then, then that also adds a, a different type of bias to it. The show's just like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it's just, you know, it depends on the bias. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a lot better the first time coming, you know? Is, for me, it's whatever. Do you yeah. know how films from, like, 2005 back or so far always fall in the category as, like, is it an MTV movie, FX movie, sci-fi movie? Like, you know those channels, how they always have them on replay? Yeah. I've never seen The Ring on replay unless it's like HBO or something else. Like, where do you think this would fall in the category? Like, The Grudge is definitely like a... The Grudge comes on, like... Uh, yeah, like, I've seen The Grudge come on, like, Showtime a couple of times. Like it's 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 when they come back to you. Never seen the ring. <laughs> you get a Here's what I and I think we're gonna go into recommends now because like like I agree with you guys. It's not much to say about this movie. It 
I, I find things that I appreciate filmmaking wise, but as a movie, it's okay. Like I said, it's just more of a vibe. Like this movie is kind of one you put on the background at like a Halloween party and then everybody else is kind of like playing games or whatever. And every yeah. now and then you look up and see Naomi Watts screaming at the at the ceiling or something. Yeah. Like that's the perfect definition for me. Like it's not it's not a movie that's gonna hold anyone's attention, but it's it's, not, it's got some imagery in there. And if you are gonna hold if it is gonna hold your attention, watch by yourself, is what I would say. But uh I mean let's just go ahead and do it now because I, I had something I was gonna say, but I can't remember what it was. Um other than that, you should never build a cabin on top of a well, I don't know who thought of that dumbass idea, but uh, sure. Do you guys recommend the ring? I, it's pretty obvious, but do you recommend the ring? Yes or no? And that you at least watch it once. It's one of those like historical horror films. At some point, it had a big impact on like scary movie films and horror films or whatever. Like it should be at least a once and watch type deal. I was going to say, I definitely recommend it. Like I've said many of times now, and you're probably tired of me saying it. Movie has no rewatchability value, but if you have not watched it, you definitely should add it to the, to the watch list. Uh, but it kind of but I do, so. it's definitely a recommendation if you haven't watched it. So Yeah, I agree with that. It's something you do at least watch. I don't want to sound like everyone else here, but... Oh, he's different. <laughs> <laughs> He wants definitely. to stand out. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. Okay, well. It's not really worth a second or third watch. Watch an explanation video. Go to Found Flick. As for me, like I said, this movie got vibes. It's not as scary as The Grudge. Uh, I felt very confused, maybe towards the ending here, but it held my attention. Um, it's long as hell. But I love the directing in this movie. I, I kind of like the green filter, like the things they focused on, or the direct what the director focused on. I think the acting's pretty good. Um, I think it has, like I said, it has like a uniquely beautiful, unique thing about it. That's weird. It has a uniquely beautiful, weird thing about it. I can't really put my finger on what it was, other than like I felt the way I did feel at the beginning of, uh, when I was watching Silent Hill. But I do think this movie is way better. But uh, like I think the the main thing about this movie is that this movie does not feel very timeless. It is solely in its time. Like the Grudge is in its time, but you can watch it and still get creeped out. This movie, it's again, it's about a videotape. So you can't really go too far with it, knowing that we basically the irony of that we watched it um, on our phones. Like it's not that impactful anymore. Uh, do I find this movie scary? No, but I like the way that it was in I like the fact that it was an investigation um the, I, I thought about three movies while watching this and it was number one like I said Scream uh, I thought about Red Dragon and I thought about The Sixth Sense if you actually look at the poster the the, the tagline is scarier than The Sixth Sense it's not and the, sixth, the Sixth Sense is the drama um but all three movies are way better all three I would highly recommend you watch over this movie so do I recommend The Ring? I guess I am sounding like everybody else. Sure, give it a try once, but it it you'll forget about it. You'll forget about it after watching it. So overall, I'm a much like I think it is better than the Japanese one though, and I like the vibe of this movie. But is that enough to recommend to people to watch it? Kind of, but for the sake of 
being different. I'm gonna say nah. I recommend overall. You can you can skip this one. Go watch the Grudge. Watch the first Grudge, and then go watch like the first four Juan movies, and then after that, go watch Akira or something. I I, I don't even like this anime. Go watch Attack on Titan. You'll get much more out of it out of that than this. But uh, yeah. So that's it for our show tonight. Um. By the time this comes out, it'll definitely be the end of June, which means we're moving into our second annual and our probably our most popular month, which is True Crime July. We have a new batch of True Crime movies. Um, get ready for those. But we will be starting with The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, and uh, we got some more shows coming for you and then after that we'll finally reach our what's, what's the word our ultimate episodes or our, our we'll finally reach our grand story in august but we got one more month of these movies to go i'm excited for true crime july like i said our our two most popular episodes are from true crime july from last year and i think i think those those people had a lot of fun with those episodes and I picked some unique movies based on that. Until next time, though, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for joining me again on another episode. If you want more of the Murderboard podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Murderboard underscore pod and Twitter at Murderboard. There you can ask questions and leave comments about the show. Please don't forget to share the show with family and friends. You can find us on most of your favorite podcast networks and uh, mainly Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and right here on Anchor. Don't forget to rate and review the show. That way we get that way we can get the podcast out to more people and build our murder board community. Also consider supporting the show and uh, to help sustain future episodes such as this by hitting the support slash link down below in the show notes. Look for episodes on Fridays and Sundays. And we'll catch you in July when we talk about some real murders and crime and hot dogs. Well, we're going to talk about hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dog, hot dogs. All right. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everybody, and good night.